Welcome to She Wakes Up, a podcast where you are granted permission to rise above your past, crush your fear and self-doubt, and go after the future of your dreams. I know life has taken over and has driven you to a place where you feel lost and scared and you have no idea how you got here. You just feel stuck in your job, relationships, motherhood, all of it. I see you and you're in the right place. I'm your host, Stacey Feeling, and I'm so pumped to have you here. I've been where you are. I was lost in abuse, finances, anxiety, poor health, you name it. I was up and down for years trying to fix myself on the surface. What I found was the real damage in need of fixing came from the inside. And so it was. If this is you, come hang with me. Grab a drinky drink and maybe a pint of some ice cream because we are skipping the small talk and getting right to the juice. Because girl, it's time to wake up. Welcome to another episode of She Wakes Up. Today, I am featuring a lovely woman who has a very empowering story, Giselle Tamanez with us. And she is a mama of three, an intuitive life coach, and she does workshops in women's circles in the DC area. So welcome, Giselle. Can you just tell everybody a little bit more about you and what it is that you do? Thank you, Stacey. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, so I um, I'm a life coach. I support women during life transitions, and for the past four years, I've been hosting uh, workshops and um, and uh, women's circles. I really uh, feel that when women come together and share their story, there's a lot of power and healing. Um, and it has been a beautiful experience to do them in person, and even to COVID, we did them online as well. Um, but it's been a great way to give women space and hold them uh, through the transitions and through, you know, challenging times. Yeah, absolutely. And how did you get started in this? So I went through a really difficult divorce about 18 years ago. I was in a codependent relationship, uh, marriage with a narcissist. Um, And uh, the marriage did not end well. I would say that the divorce itself wasn't horrible. Uh, but there was infidelity, and if you're in a codependent relationship, then obviously you have a lot of issues with self-worth, and when there's infidelity, then you just feel it's even worse, so I dove deep into self-healing and to um, personal development work just because I really decided when it was towards the end of the marriage, I decided I wanted to be happy. And I committed to do whatever I needed to do to, to be happy. Um, and um, through that journey, then I, um, you know, not planned, but just people started reaching out to me, asking for help or getting calls for women that were in distress or going through separations, divorce, different sort of situations. And, um, and it really lit me up to work with women. And I decided to just continue preparing myself and then creating that space. And then the workshop started because I, four years ago, I was doing a meditation and I just literally felt like, you know what, post on Facebook that you want to do vision boards. And I literally stopped my meditation and posted on Facebook like, hey, does anyone want to come over and do vision boards at my house? And, um, and that was the beginning of it. I had like 10 women come over. And since then it became like a monthly, uh, a monthly thing but it started very, um, 
very organically. Yeah, I was just going to say, it sounds like it was just meant to be and that it was a way for you to kind of have that outlet, but also in a, a way to connect with other women who were going through what you had overcome. And still, I'm sure to this day, there are things that you are trying to overcome um, mm -hmm. as a result of that. And I'm right there with you. And it just goes to show you how common these situations are and you don't see conversations being had around these situations. And so um, I just love the work that you're doing. I, I don't love what happened to you, but everything happens for a reason, right? And it brought you to a more peaceful, beautiful place. And this amazing version of the person that you are today that may not have been here sitting with me, having this conversation, had you not had to overcome that. Um, so what are some things that really helped you when you were, you know, at that lowest and you said, I just, I needed to get happy. I needed to get out of this. Um, rather than just, you know, being a victim of the circumstance, what brought you to that peacefulness that you have today? So I, you know, I think my separation was, um, it was a long process, but I think one thing I did initially was prioritize self-care. I didn't focus significantly on change on mindset but I just I focused on taking care of myself to regain my strength I had been very sick and physically sick I had a lot of chronic issues that completely disappeared once the marriage was over um, and it was because I feel like your body often tells us that something is wrong and we medicated and I'm not getting against medication but I think we should be aware you know, at least be aware of when things are coming up and, and dive into them and look into what is going on. So I prioritized self-care initially. And once I felt better and I felt like I was strong enough to face the reality, um, I did a lot of mindset work. Um, and, you know, this was 2005, 2004. I mean, you know, we didn't have social media. I mean, I feel like now you open social media and there's like so many coaches, there's so many wonderful people that provide free content, even on YouTube. I mean, back then it was like yourself and books and maybe a workshop here or there. Um, so I did, a, I read a lot. I did, um, I read a lot of Deepak Chopra and a lot of um, Eckhart Tolle. It's like the power of now and um, the power of now was the other one. I can't remember that book, his other, the name of his other book. Um, but I did audiobooks and I listened to them all the time. And then I, um, I was very committed. So I did a lot of affirmations. I would choose an affirmation and write it like a hundred <laughs> times per day. Um, and then, you know, it was a, it's a slow process. I mean, for sure, right? And, you know, change circles, continued to prioritize self-care because self-care, I think, as women, even if we're not going through challenging times, it always it's always in the back burner. It's to this day for me, right? Like, you know, I will put my husband, my kids, my job, like everything above self-care. Um, but the reality is that we're not taking care of ourselves the way we need to take care of ourselves. Then it's really hard for us to show up fully in other areas of our lives. Hundred percent. Yeah, I talk about that all the time, um, and we just feel this guilt. You know, if we can't, if we don't show up for ourselves, we feel guilty when we do. Um, it's just, I want to break that cycle. And that's part of this podcast is to really 
help women understand that it's okay. Give them permission to take care of themselves first, because I think that's just been a generational thing, you know, back in the day when the women took care of the household and, you know, we've shifted so much since then, you know, and like you said, with social media evolving, it just in the last couple of decades has been a game changer. And I think that's really important. I did a lot of the same self-development work, reading books, just looking for the resources that I could. I just, once I discovered it, I ate it up. And I loved it. I wanted more. I'm like, tell me more. Tell me more about how I can really help myself because this is amazing. And now with the internet and coaches, like you said, there are resources. So it's really important to put that out there and make women aware that, you know, it's all out there. You can find everything that you need. Um, But more importantly, everything that you need is inside of you, right? All these resources are just tools to help guide that. Mm -hmm. So how do you incorporate mindset now, do you, is that something that you still practice and kind of what does that look like? Cause I know mindset and manifesting, it looks different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the foundation is the same, but I'm just curious to hear how you utilize it. So I think you said it at the beginning that, um, that I probably still have issues to work on. And I, and I even had with my oldest daughter's 20 and I had a conversation with her. I said, I'm, con- it's like, it's like a never ending job, right? Like I'm always working on myself because I, I really feel that our healing comes in layers like an onion and you like heal one layer and then you feel you're perfectly fine. And then like something completely random will happen. And then you realize, oh my God, like there's so much more to heal. Um, so when do I, I, you know, right now podcasts help me, but then I also realized, and it also comes back to what you just said is that there has to be a balance between how much we look outside of ourselves and how much of our practice is bringing inside ourselves. So I have found there are times in my life that I'm looking for, there's a certain, maybe a level of anxiety or discomfort. And I might tend to look outside myself a lot. And then it's like, no, you have to go back to me. So meditation, um, breath work, um, sound baths, and I've never actually been to an in-person sound bath, but there's like a ton on, on, uh, on apps or, you know, on YouTube that you can just access. Um, those are really good ways for me to work on, um, on my mindset, on my healing. Um, and those, those are my go-tos, um, my go-tos at the time. Yeah. I love that too. And I, I really try to encourage that for women to just explore, but I think it's something that because it's not a tangible thing, um, and it's something that we, you know, if you're not used to practicing can seem a little uncomfortable. Did you find it difficult to start that practice? And then, well, I think, and because I do it so much and I've been doing this work for so long, I'm very open. Um, you know, I'm very open to trying new things. Tapping is another one that I will definitely go back to often. Um, but I do find that there's more resistance when I work with my one-on-one clients, um, again, I think we have this tendency to look outside ourselves. So I think a big part of coaching people is that you're bringing them back to themselves, going back, you know, connecting them to their intuition and you're guiding them, but also providing these tools. But in the journey is when they actually take the time to explore the different tools on their own time right? They do the integration work after you work with them Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's a very personal journey. Some people, you know, some people 
love yoga and that is their, you know, the way they work on their mindset and their healing. Um, I like yoga, but it's never been my go-to. Um, and, um, some people like to visualize, you know, when they manifest and then some people visualization doesn't work for them, but the only way you find out what is your perfect formula or the formula for you at that time in your life, because that also changes mm -hmm. is when you take the time to explore different things and stay curious, right? Allow yourself to stay curious. I love that advice. That's great because the principles are the same. You know, mm -hmm. the, the goal is the same to look inward and to allow yourself to heal from the inside out, you know, like that onion. Um, and yeah, I think just allowing yourself to step outside the box a little bit, get outside of your comfort zone and see, cause you never know what might work for you. Mm -hmm. And that intuitive piece I love that is just part of a big part of my practice too, is really tuning into your body and listening to what it's telling you. And I wanted to go back to what you said earlier about, you know, the physical um, things that manifest from being unwell mentally, spiritually, and going through something very similar. I too had anxiety that I never had before and I don't have now. And it, you know, it was definitely part of what I was going through. And I noticed that I don't know if you work with younger girls. I know you said that you have daughters and I'm kind of curious to know how would it, how are you seeing some of these physical things manifesting in the youth population with, um, you know, mental health and things going on right now with the last few years are, do you do any work with the younger population or your daughters? Are you sharing what you've learned through this? I do share with them often. I mean, my youngest two are pretty young. Um, so you have to as little as you, as you can. Um, my 20 year olds, of course, she, she's like, this is what I've been listening to my entire life. Uh, but we have a really good relationship. We actually had a situation this week that she called me. She was, um, she does have some anxiety. Um, I, I find the kids now are a lot more open to have vulnerable conversations. I, um, you know, she has several roommates and when she called me, one of her roommates was there and I was coaching her through something you know, coaching my daughter through something, but her friend was also there. And I was also very um, surprised and very, you know, uh, impressed with the, with, the, um, with the advice she was giving my daughter. So I think kids now are a lot more self-aware, um, a lot more open to getting help to, you know, I think, I think we grew up in a, in a generation and we're brought up by parents that possibly never went to therapy, right? Like they just push through. And sometimes they've lived in discomfort and pain their entire lives, but completely unaware that that is not the way you're supposed to live. Um, and then I feel maybe our generation is more of the waking up. And then the kids now, they're a lot more willing to open up to, they're a lot more sensitive, yes. But I also feel that they're a lot more willing to, you know, to raise their hand and say, you know what, I need help. Mm -hmm. And I see that, I think girls have been more open to that, but I see that a lot more in boys, for instance, um, you know, boys that like, you know, I'm feeling depressed, like I'm not feeling well versus in the past, they would have just pushed through like boys don't cry, you know, boys have to stay strong. Um, and I think for girls, they support each other more and they're more willing to be more vulnerable with each other and share more. So 
I know suicide rate is high. Um, I feel maybe they could be a little more resilient. You know, sometimes their, their glass gets empty way before it's actually empty, like the, the way they see their lives. Um, and, you know, it might be social media. I'm not sure, I think, or maybe waking up like new level of consciousness. I'm not really sure, but I am hopeful they will, you know, they will figure it out for sure. I also feel that there's more wisdom in them than, than, um, than our generation. Definitely. It's interesting to see that generational shift in, you know, self-care and that mental health space where before it was like, you didn't talk about it if you had mental health disorders. So you, that was just like, you didn't go to a counselor unless you were absolutely deemed crazy and just that shift. But I asked that because it's so important. And I do, you know, I have a teenage daughter who I'm seeing some of these things and the physical that you talked about that is also coming with that mental health and you know, through these last couple of years of everybody, even as parents have had to go through and, you know, raising young daughters and trying to recognize where they are, but then also through what we went through, helping them kind of get through their own mental health barriers and things like that. So that's why I brought it up. I was just, I wanted to hear your perspective on that because I know, you know, I do a lot of reading and research and I've just seen staggering numbers and it's scary. But like I said, like you said, I think they are more vulnerable. They are more willing to reach out. And maybe that's just because of our generation having that awakening and, and doing that work, I seeing that, that trickle effect. So it's very important yeah, work that you're doing. I also think as parents, we need to realize that our challenges are our own and our children's are their own. And we are not here to fix our children, but to guide our children through the process. And, you know, I think for me, that was a huge one for divorce because I felt so guilty. Like, um, you know, like I wasn't, I wasn't able to uh, keep her family together. And at some point I had to realize like, you know, she was very young, she was like three. And I think she was probably four. And I was like, I am so sorry, honey. Like, this is just your story, you know, and I'm gonna support you and hold your hand throughout the way and I'm here, but there's like nothing I can do other, I can't fix this, right? Um, and I think it, that's a really important journey um, for parents to learn. And, um, and to hold space for their emotions because their emotions are strong, right? I don't know. I feel like kids now feel so much more <laughs> or more fully than, the, than how I did it, right? So, you know, it can sometimes be a trigger for me, but, you know, I'm learning to, just to sit there and, 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 um, and listen and hold space for them. Yeah, it sounds like you have had a very good journey with your daughter despite, you know, that situation. And how were you able to provide that space for her while working on yourself and overcoming your own self-care and work? Really? I, I think I got really lucky. She was a very strong girl when she was very young, very independent. She started, you know, in order to visit her dad, she started flying on her own at five. I would never consider putting my eight-year-old and a six-year-old in the plane alone, but she was so mature and self-sufficient and, um, that she, you know, I never, I never worried for her. Um, I think her issue started more when she got older. Uh, and I remember I had a boss like 12 years ago, his son was going through some mental health issues and I was like, oh, Simone's fine. And he said, Giselle, you have to keep an eye out in the teenage years. That's when things come up. And for sure, for her, you know, anxiety, I mean, it hasn't been terribly 
bad for her. But you know, she does have episodes of anxiety, and um, and it obviously it started coming up, you know, when she was a teenager. So when it happened, I was stronger. Um, how would I have done it? I mean, I think for sure I would have found her therapy if she felt if I felt she needed it when she was young. I certainly did when she got older. You know, and she had more questions, and there were you know more things that she needed, more emotions to sort through. Um, and then now I continue to encourage her to to work on her healing. You know, for her, I think sometimes it's annoying because I'll send her like meditations on <laughs> on insight timer or I'm like okay Simone like we gotta do tapping you know it's tapping so I mean I I don't know how she takes I think she, you know we have a very close relationship but I'm sure there are a lot of times when I send her things that she's like oh god like not again right because that's how we are when mom sends us things um but I feel that you know, it's like a little grain of sand, like event, like something sticks. I'm sure something's sticking, right? And I find it now, like when she does have to show up for her friends and support them, or even in challenging situations herself, you know, she's able to navigate them and advocate for herself and do well. And she has amazing self-esteem, like so strong, like so much stronger than I was at her age for sure. So I'm like, okay, maybe we're, you know, doing a decent job raising her for sure. Yeah. And you're not alone in that. I send my daughter affirmations and stuff all the time. It's just like little nuggets and that, yeah, I get the eye rolls and mom, <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. but you were, you know, you're a good role model for her. And that's probably where she got a lot of her strength from is seeing you, you know, come up out of that. And let's flip the script for a woman who is in that situation and wanting to be there and show up for her kids and still feels guilty for taking care of herself, but it is a necessity, right? It was a necessity for you. If you did not put yourself first in that situation, you wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. So what advice can you give that woman that's on the fence and feeling like she has to show up for her kids and she can't show up for herself, but she knows she needs to? You know, I think sometimes you just have to, you know, it's like what Mel Robbins says, five, four, three, two, one, just get up and do it. I think, I think you can start with small steps, right? Um, but you have to start. You have to start. I mean, I would say a woman that's like in the worst case scenario right now, the worst position, um, start with sleep. You know, that's probably the first thing that goes when we're going through a crisis, right? So do you need to take some melatonin to sleep? Do you need some essential oils? Do you need to listen to some yoga nidra to be able to sleep through the night? I mean, these are like, these are low hanging fruit. Like it's not expensive. You can do it on your own. But I would say the very first thing, just make sure you're sleeping at least six, seven hours. I know again, in time of crisis, that's the first thing, you know, like you're worrying, you're worrying, you're thinking about how you are going to fix this, how you're going to fix your marriage or whatever is going on. And the reality is that you're not really solving anything. You're just creating more stress, anxiety in your body, in your soul. Uh, you're just you know, like, it sounds awful, but you're like digging your own grave, right? Like, it's just not solving anything. So I would say, first thing, prioritize sleep. And then um, after that, I'm trying to think of people, you know, somebody that doesn't meditate, that, you know, doesn't do the work. I was lucky I had, I did some meditation growing up. So it wasn't all foreign to me when I started doing it. But um, maybe some walking with some sound healing. Walking is so healing, just being out and getting some fresh air, um, getting some sunlight. I think those two are so simple, but can really 
be very powerful when you're just beginning, when you're just really trying to get one foot in front of the other. Um, I think those two are really good. Third, um, get help. It's, it's therapy or a coach that will hold your hand a little bit through the process. I don't think that coaching and therapy are the same thing. Um, I believe they can complement each other significantly. I think there's pe people that benefit greatly from doing both things at the same time. Uh, but if you have to choose, you know, choose one or, you know, one or the other to get started. Definitely. There's not enough resources, you know, just you have to find what is serving you, what you're able to do at that time. And it, it is a small step and it is a process. Like you had said, you know, these things that you and I practice daily now weren't always a part of our routine mm -hmm. and they built upon one another. It's not like we were manifesting and meditating and, you know, all at once it was just let me, I need to go outside and get some fresh air to clear my mind. Mm -hmm. And if that's the only thing that you were able to do for yourself that day, great. You know, right, and then exactly. slowly, you know, it's, it is definitely a work in progress and we continue to be a work in progress. So for you and I, where we are now, there's going to be things that we continue to build on for ourselves. Oh, absolutely. You know, another one that's really easy and is a really good um, way to, um, to move through emotions is journaling. That's a really mm -hmm. other easy, powerful tool. Um, I love it. And journaling, I think there's like a misconception on journaling where you think about writing and it becomes this overwhelm. Jot down a thought, jot down an emotion, jot down a couple words to describe mm -hmm. where it is that you are and come back to it when you can elaborate on that. You know, it just, it something to get it out doesn't mean that you have to write four pages. You know, it sometimes my journals are literally just a couple sentences and then that's it. Other days, it's like a summary of, you know, how my weekend was and some highlights or struggles, whatever. So yeah, don't let the word journaling <laughs> be a daunting Absolutely. Task. I actually, my journaling, <laughs> my journaling, I think it's legible, but then I realized like it's never meant to be reread. <laughs> right. Like it's just like, it's sort of like a brain dump. And again, it might be an affirmation. It might be a thought. It might be a description of how I'm feeling or, you know, what happened. But I think the process is not to judge yourself, right? And then sometimes just doing a brain dump of anger and, and pain that you're feeling, just putting it all out there. It doesn't even have to make sense at all. No one is going to read it. Like no one's going to judge you for it. It's a huge release, such a good release when you really have to, um, you have a lot of emotions that you're navigating through. Absolutely. Yeah. Pairing that all together too, you know, that's the best thing. If it's not possible for you though, like you said, just get started in something um, and work up to whatever it is that works for you. Yeah. So talk about a little bit of like what it is, the woman that you serve, where's she at? What are some things that you help her with? Um, what is coaching with women, Giselle looks like? So most of the women that I work for, it's, it's, in, you know, one of the workshops that I last had, like 80% of the women were going through a divorce or were re recently divorced or separated. So it's something that continues to come up for me. Um, most of the women that I've worked with have already doing some of the work. Um, it's not common that I work with women that are just getting started. Um, and I think part of it is because I like to work with women that are willing to show up for themselves and do the work. Um, I, and it, it might sound awful, you know, but there are a lot of us that love staying in the victim mindset and complain. Um, 
and it is fine, you know, like everyone is, you know, you can do whatever you want, but I really enjoy working with women that are ready to go to the next step. So I help them clarify. I help them a lot with clarifying their goals. Um, usually they, they're very specific. It's, you know, if there's a relationship or career change that they want, or uh, sometimes it's related to wellness. So I help them clarify goals that they want to focus on. And then I help them with tools and mindset on getting there. A lot of, I help a lot of women with navigating emotions. I, you know, a lot of us are very controlling. We hold on to anger a lot. Um, I find a lot of women that are divorced, there's, you know, this concept of letting your child go and be with the dad while you're not there. Um, you know, like that sense of not being able to control your children's environment. So let them go of that need to be in control of all the time, right? Um, and I think I do that often through uh, gratitude practice. And I also do that a lot with empowering them with who they are and their intuition, right? And letting them accept the fact that you have to pick your battles and you have to build relationships and you have to allow your child to have a relationship with the father, despite of whatever has happened, you know, independent of who you are. Um, so it's very, it's very independent of who the person is. I, to this day, my clients have had commonalities, but no, every case has been completely different. And I really tried to meet them where they are um, and come up with a plan that will work for them to get them to, to the next step where they, and obviously my plan is always for them to work with me for some time. And then you're off on your own, you know, like exploring the world, learning more, doing more courses. I mean, whatever is up to you, but that's, that's my ideal client. And most, the most, most of the women that I work with. You're using your services as a stepping stone for them. You know, mm -hmm. you're a tool for them. And I love that you make it tailored to them and their needs. You meet them where they are. And I think it also puts a sense of accountability. You know, like you said, they're showing up, but then that allows them to learn what accountability looks like when they step away from you and mm -hmm. to be able to carry that tool with them, you know, mm -hmm. to show up for themselves in other areas too. And yeah, divorce or separation with kids involved is, is very sticky. You're really never separated from that person when you have kids. You know, that attachment mm -hmm. to that person is always there. Mm -hmm. And learning how to navigate that is very individualistic. You know, everybody's situation is different, but oh, it, is, it is tough um, to work through that. So I, you're doing wonderful work. Yeah, yeah. I also do a lot of manifesting workshops. Oh. And again, also with clarity and help them figure out why they want, because I feel like a lot of women, we, you know, we had certain things that we needed to achieve. Like we need to get married. We need to get a degree. We need to get a job. You know, a lot of our values placed on how we serve others and not how we serve ourselves. And, um, you know, I think a lot of us are reaching thirties, forties, and we maybe have achieved everything we had on our list. And yet we're still not feeling very happy or fulfilled. So a lot of my manifestation work is around that. Like what, what is truly your calling? Like what lights you up? Like how do you want to feel in, in life on your day to day? You know, how can we get you back to that? And the healing, the manifesting, everything is going back to their intuition, going back to themselves. Because again, the answers are all within us, right? So it, it's, it's a journey that I love to, to be with them on.
Yeah. And I think sometimes coaching can seem overwhelming, you know, just like journaling is you think that it's going to be difficult to overcome when you list out all the things that you're really helping her with, but it's so basic, you know, it's really just that simple foundational work that needs to be done as step one. And it's not, it can be challenging, but it's not hard. Yes. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and it's simple, but it's not easy. Either. Yes. Yeah. You have to show up. If you, again, you can't say that you want it. You know, I always like to compare it to working out, right? You want to have these, these goals. You want to have this certain body or this weight goal, but talking about it and printing out the meals that you want to cook and, you know, buying the containers and whatever else, if you're not doing it, you're not showing up, you're not going to get those results. So can't talk about it. You have to be about it. You have to be about it. Oh, I like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yep. I'm going to take that one. <laughs> yeah, <Again>. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I think it's that, and that part is so frustrating. You know, even when I, I like reach out, like I have workshops, the excuses I get from women not being able to come and give themselves three hours of their time. It's like, I'm like, okay, you know, like I'm not, I'm not judging, you know, but I'm like, sometimes there's certain women that you're like, you know, this would really be helpful and not that it's going to solve your life, but, you know, um, being in a community with women, you know, when women are sharing different stories, um, you know, obviously depending on the activity we're doing, but there's always some healing involved, right? Um, it's really powerful. It's like a, a gift, right? And then you're also with girlfriends and maybe there may be some wine. So you're also like laughing and having fun, right? So I don't feel like, I feel like it's a win-win, but, um, but so many people, like so many women struggle so much with just giving themselves a few hours away from their families. Yeah. So I think that big shift is really recognizing that it's okay, you know, to give mm -hmm. yourself that permission to show up a little bit at a time for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So where can everybody connect with you and, and find you and so everyone can find me on Instagram. I post content there. And then if, um, when I launch workshops and I'm actually going to be, um, shifting a couple of the workshops online in the next couple of months. So, um, everything they'd be able to find it at Giselle Tamines on Instagram. And what is one thing that makes Giselle happy that I know you, you have all of these wonderful practices that you do, but what is, what's, what really lights you up? Oh my gosh. Um, so I love, I love spending time with my girls. I like my girls light me up. They trigger me too. <laughs> they light me up. I <laughs> That's <adore>. fair. <laughs> That's fair. Right. Um, and really lights me up working with women when I, you know, hold, hosting the workshops, working with clients one-on-one -on -one, and seeing them transform their lives, seeing them light up, seeing them um, feel better about themselves, seeing them empowered. There's like no, no better feeling for me than that. Beautiful. And one more question. What is one resource, like your top resource at the moment, or it could be something that you've read or listened to in the past that you would suggest either a podcast or a book that you can offer to the woman listening? Oh my gosh. Uh, I, and I think you and I talked about that once, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. I feel, I think it's an easy read and it is extremely, extremely powerful. And then I think if one thing that anyone can do is a gratitude practice, like a short list of three things um, that has happened to them in the past 24 hours, 
um, that they would normally not acknowledge. It creates a huge shift in your mindset. I second that, all of it. Well, thank you so much for your time and being here and sharing your story and your resources. And I hope that you, I mean, I know that you're already changing the lives of many women, but I hope that this continues to serve you and that you continue to grow on your journey. It was a pleasure. Stacey, thank you so much for having me. Thank Absolutely. you.